This is the Salontrepreneur Podcast with Amy and Jeff. We're a husband and wife team that has started and scaled salons in multiple markets, each with its own unique starting point. We launch each business with core strategies and by always staying true to our vision and brand. Tune in for ideas and inspiration on how to achieve wealth in your salon business, relationship, and family. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. We're your hosts, Amy and Jeff Stebbins. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? Good. So today's show is going to be all about on how we determine the salon size. So all the factors that go into it um, when we're first starting out and what, what we choose or how we choose to do it. So we're going to go through some scenarios and um, come up with your dream salon size. So Jeff, how do we start? figuring out our salon sizes each time? Well, I think if you look at when we're, we're starting from new, because most of the markets that we've got into have had no clientele to start with. So we, we typically put that in a range of about 1,000 to 2,000 square foot salon, and, and we mm-hmm. say this is something that we know from zero clients to full book of business and continuing to hire people. We can typically get a lot of success in that space. I mean, we, we've we've done really well in that space. So that's usually where we start. Now, the goal might be over time, we're going to transition that into a larger salon or multiple locations. That's fine. But if you're starting with zero or just a small book of business, but you know your future is salon ownership and, and you want to build that vision that we always talk about, I think that's really a, a sweet spot that we think starts there. Yeah. And so... Looking at that space, we'll get into the, the aspects of, well, how much does that cost? What are, you know, what's the considerations from a lease, from a build out? All those things we'll talk about at another time. But we've really taken that size space and started to break down what are the biggest considerations in that area? And I know number one in your book is always how many stations, you know, and, and not necessarily stacking the space with every single chair that you could fit in there to begin with. But there's a method that you have to kind of looking at that. Talk a little bit about just, you know, what's the right number of stations? What are the considerations around those stations? And I guess how we've started to approach that now. Um, Yeah. So I think part of it is how do you have anybody you're bringing on with you? When you start a lot of times I've started solo Rolo here by myself. So I can, I can add an extra station for me because I know that I'm going to double book right out the gate. I also know I'm going to have assistance that I'm going to grow. And so I know that I need a few stations for all that. And then my size of my space. But I think, um, for other people, if you're coming on with a team of people, well, then you already know that you have X amount of chairs you need to fit in there. Um, but always give yourself room to grow. I've made that mistake before and then we're trying to squeeze in stations because we've got an extra stylist that wants to come board. So, and our salons have always grown fast. So I, now I would always leave room for growth. So an extra station or two, or don't put them in at the beginning and add them as you need them. You know, what's the reason not to put them in at the beginning? Um, my thoughts are when you start, if you're coming by yourself or one other person, and you're gonna build a salon. If you have a bunch of empty stations, your salon doesn't look as good, it looks dead to a lot of people. So you could be new and they're not not gonna ask you all the questions of why, they're just gonna look from the window outside and they're gonna say, oh my gosh, 
she's by herself. She must not be any good. Or that salon must not be very good. And, and, or they come in and they're like, why are you by yourself in here? You know? So the more empty stations you have, the more questions you'll get like that. Um, and, and a little bit in the negative sense. So I, I've learned to just add them if you need them. I mean, you'll of course start with some, but add them as you go so that people don't ask those questions. Right. But at the same time, you're not just putting in three chairs and you've got this wide open space. No. I mean, no. you're still maximizing the space for the right size, but I think even beyond leaving room to grow, we've taken the approach that a big differentiator for us is the space between stations and the space between 100%. Silas, especially if you're coming out of a, you know, out of a suite or out of a salon that maybe was jam packed with stations and stylists, whether it was busy or not, there's a lot of them that have tried to put them within every couple of feet. Yes. That is just, that's not a great customer experience. So there, there is a capacity no matter what size salon you have. But I think that's one decision we've made is, Hey, we want a great, if we want a luxury experience, we got to give our clients space. We got to give our staff space. It's got to have a nice flow for that ultimate experience, I guess. Yeah, nobody wants to be stacked on top of one another. And, right. and if you want to grow the stylist when they're coming to tour your salon, for me, that's a big thing that I would look at. You know, am I going to be turning my chair and backing up into the next person? Or are they going to be blow drying hair into the face of my other client <laughs> right. or me? And I'm like moving my hair as I'm trying to work. So that's just not enjoyable. And, and then if you have an assistant with you too, you gotta you have two people behind one chair. You got to have some room for that. Right. You know, I mean, it's just not fun. So that's that's a good way for people to look at your space. And they might not even tell you why they're not going to come board, but that's probably part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I think stations is one of the primary things that we look at related to the salon space. Oh, first thing. I, I think, again, if you have six chairs, you know, four to six chairs minimum, that might go up to a dozen chairs. If you grow your salon and it's just the place to be, Maybe you can stack a few more in there. Certainly every salon space has a little bit different configuration. Is it a long and narrow space where it's easier to stack them along a side right. or is it a big wide space? You know, this is a pretty wide space. We'd have to look at some different things that we do to, to move more chairs. But I think that space, I think the perception, like you mentioned, is another great point where, you know, if it looks like you have 20 empty chairs versus two empty chairs and there's an energy even with a smaller group yes. of people, but you're working on the right clientele, there's the right energy and the right luxury experience in there. People can look past that. It's just when it all looks dead or you have a bunch of stylists sitting in there, sitting in the chairs, you know, not working on people. There is that perception that I think is, is really important. Yep. I agree. And no one wants that. And I think also don't, don't build it too soon. You know, that's more stations, more investment, more money sitting there. Right. Until you can get it revved up a little bit. So you know, add them later. Yeah. You can always order stations. Yes. They might take a minute at this point in time, but add them later. Right. So, yeah, no, I think that's good. And again, uh, you know, I thought the leaving space for double booking, if you're someone that grows very quickly, which is what we're trying to teach people how to do, you will want two chairs. You will want to maximize your time there. If you are going to spend some time in the business and not on the business and managing the business, let's maximize those hours. You're there use that, that space that you have, um, you know, to the, to maximize your profits on that portion of things. Yeah. And some people don't like double booking, but I also think that's a, a no, no. Like if you, if you have that many clients that want to get in with you, 
hire an assistant, get some help. Right. You know, maximize your time at the salon. Yep. That's just, in my opinion, foolish. So. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. So stations, we've got that figured out. Let's maximize the space. Let's make it look good. You know, we don't want it to look like a, you know, six stations stacked to the front. But the next thing is, just looking at the experience, our, our number two focus, and this one took me a while to care about. I was like, oh, we need these shampoo bowls. We got to have X number of right. shampoo bowls. And I was like, is that important? Like, we need to maximize the number of chairs in here. Because I'm just like, we can make X per chair if we do X, Y, Z. That's, to me, where all the money came from. But there's a throughput portion of things where mm-hmm. if you can't get the clients that you're working on through because the 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 bowls are a, a bottleneck yeah yeah that that's a huge problem and one that it took us a salon or two for me to say okay now I see why we need to take up some of that square footage and really right. put in the right number of shampoo bowls for your stylist I guess talk to me about what you've seen in that area in the past because I know what I've seen once yeah. once my eyes were open to it but you know Help me understand where some of those issues can come into play with not enough space for that. Yeah, I mean, in in our Minneapolis salon was a larger salon and we did not have enough shampoo bowls to accommodate it when everybody was working on a Saturday, you know, and all the stylists working at the same time. Yeah, throughout the week, people take off days and stuff, so then maybe it wasn't an issue. But right. um, sometimes those shampoo bowls are occupied for an hour or more. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's we do toning at the shampoo bowl. We do treatments at the shampoo bowl. Um, I do a lot of extensions, like I talked about. So that's a lot more hair to tone, a lot more uh, hair to get through with washing and stuff like that. So it takes some time and you don't, you don't, oh, not everybody brings them back to their station to apply the toners and stuff like that because it is messy and whatnot. So you got to accommodate for that. So we had figured our system is one shampoo bowl for every three stations. Right. Um, I mean, if you get to have more, great, but don't take up all your space with that. But you definitely want to make sure you can accommodate the stylist too, because there's nothing worse than sitting a client that is ready with their lightener on and they can't, we can't wash them out in time. Right. It's just not good for their hair or the experience when they know you're like, Hey, I'm ready for you. Let's go back. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Let's stand here and watch everybody else shampoo. I mean, that's just not what you want. And they're getting rushed at the bowl because they can see someone's there. So it just, it creates unnecessary chaos and that always deters from the luxury experience. And that's one Mm -hmm. thing we're, we're hyper-focused on is it's got, it's a dance. Everything in the salon is a dance and it has to work well. And having the right number of shampoo bowls, like you said, that three to one, or even sometimes we've talked about two to one, depending on what type of salon you're in. Yeah. Maybe you could get away with four to one, but I really think now that that is especially based on doing extensions or, or something, if part of your services, you're just running people through that shampoo bowl, just one after another, you really got to think through that. Cause it's not just about the chair. They have a, a very tight connection based on yes. this business. Yeah, for sure. Anything else, I guess, as far as the, the shampoo bowls are concerned? Uh, no, I just think just make sure you have enough, like we talked about and the space, depending upon where you lay out your shampoo bowl, are you washing behind? Are you washing on the side? That all matters too. So you got to space them out accordingly for that. Um, right. and then just a back bar area you know you got shampoo towels uh all that too so there's just there's going to be some space that you're going to need to accommodate for on your blueprint when you're figuring this out for that whole shampoo uh back bar area yep and don't short it because you're going to need it. don't short it don't short it i've been there done that tell myself don't 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 short it trust amy on this one yes and i do yes All right. The other area that I think as we start to look at laying out the square footage that you 
again, I look at how many chairs, because I look at how much revenue we can bring in per chair, what's the upside, yes. you know, how yes. many in a, in a best case scenario could we work in, in a worst case scenario, how many chairs do we need filled for us to just have a profitable business. But one area that, again, as we've built out more ground up, mm-hmm. you know, gutted, brand new salon kind of things, it's the storage. And storage I'm always huge. like, what do you need storage for? Everybody has all their stuff at the at the station, you know, what's the big deal? And you're like, no, man, this is how it goes down. That's exactly trust your what wife. I said. No, man. Trust your wife. I like, no, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Dude, trust I me. You're going to want more storage. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. I guess yeah. why, why is that such an important thing in your mind? And, you know, why did you have to tell me that I was wrong about that so many times? I don't know. You should just <laughs> listen to me. Um, No, the storage is really important. So that also depends on what kind of stylist you're having. Are you going to have a rental-based salon? Are you going to have a commission or a hybrid? Uh, The renters are going to want to bring their stuff, right? They're renting a space from you. And if they're anything like me, they have a lot of stuff. Right. Um, Because I want to make sure I can accommodate anybody. If I get a new client, I want to have all my tools and everything there. So you got to have enough storage for their color and um, tools that they use. If they do extensions too, then they really have stuff. Put that in at the beginning because it's really hard to find room for storage. Right. I mean, we, in our Minneapolis one, again, the big salon, we ran out of room for storage. We had lockers in the bathroom. Right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You had to put them somewhere. So now we're sneaking lockers in the bathroom for our stylists to put their purses and whatever else. Well, if that bathroom's occupied, you're not getting your purse. Right. So it just gets awkward. But I just so now from the last two since that, uh, I always make sure I have maximized storage yeah. right out the gate. It's the same in, with a house situation. I think there's never enough storage once you get in there. Right. Put it in at the beginning. Trust it. But yeah, so make sure you have enough for all the the stylist products if they're renters. Um, and then make sure you have enough storage just for your styles in general to put their things. Right. Because they're going to come to work with their stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, there, there is a lot of stuff that goes into a salon. Uh, if you have extra back bar, you have extra towels, all that stuff. That all needs a spot to go. Yes. And, and you don't want a salon that looks cluttered. Cause again, I hate clutter. Yeah, I know. Our oh, kids know, I too. Clutter. <laughs> I don't fix it, but yeah. No, I, they don't fix it. No, but I absolutely, I don't like working in clutter. And you don't like working in clutter. Like no. your office will be, it's just the rest. You're not it's, as particular as I am. But yeah, nobody, you can't be efficient. When my stuff is not organized and it's it's chaotic, it feels that way to you and the clients. And right. again, we're always about luxury experience. That's how we scale. That's how we create loyalty with our clients, too. So make sure your stuff is, is tight. Right. It well, it away. just shows that you care about your space when you've taken, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those things into consideration. So if you have more storage that lends less to leaving things out in the open because right. there's a place to go with it. If you don't have the space, then that mop bucket might sit out there. And that's the only thing that people can look at all of a sudden, you know, they, they just notice those things. So right. yeah, they that, get noticed for sure. They do. Excellent. Okay. So storage is important. Like you mentioned, um, based on the, the rental versus commission, that may be, you might need even more space if you're all renters. I think that's a a good call out there because if you're providing as the salon owner, if you're providing all the backbone, things like that, you might take a different approach. We had a whole color wall at at one salon, you know, so that was different because that was sort of community color. We didn't have 
maybe a couple of renters, but most of it was employee-based salon yes. in, in that situation. So yeah. again, that, that changes how much square footage you need per renter or per employee. Um, but again, it's put that, that's why you got to know what type of stylist you're looking right. for. You know, those things all factor into how you maximize your, your square footage. Yeah. Cause it, it's easy to just keep jamming stations. Like we talked about back to back. Cause you think, well, I'm going to maximize my dollars. I'm going to have all these stylists. So I'm going to put in as many stations as I can. Well, you might not get the stylist because you don't really have any room for them for their back bar and all that stuff right. too. You know, like that, these are the things that they look at. They're coming in your space. They're renting a spot. They're looking at your station. They're looking at their spot for their back bar. They're looking at all those things. And if they're not in play, they're, they're probably not going to go there. Right. You're, you're definitely not going to attract new no. people with a good book of business that, that will enhance the salon. You're going right. to attract people that are looking for a space and maybe haven't had those bad experiences right. yet to, uh, you know, they don't know. Right. That would be the only scenario. Otherwise, the, the ones that know, no. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we want experienced stylists and, unless we're really good at teaching and growing um, our style. Like a lot of people want that, right? You want a seasoned stylist that you can just start handing clients to and you don't have, that's less work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how you'll get them. Right. Well, and those three things you mentioned, I think that the second you, if you're starting with zero clients, and zero stylists, and you're trying to attract clients, you're trying to attract stylists. Those first three things I think are really important related to the station, the shampoo bowl experience, you know, how fast can we get our clients through? Even what is that experience at the bowl for how they're washing hair and things like that? And certainly the storage aspect for your, um, well, your clients too, because like we said, keeping that clutter out of sight, making sure people have a place to go with their stuff. But number four that I think we've really locked in on too, because we've had some sort of non-existent spaces for employees yeah. and for renters is a break room. I mean, I think that's always an overshadowed thing. Cause I, we've been, we've seen a ton of salons. Yes. You go to some salons, there's like a curtain that they pull out of the way. You go to other salons, they're sitting out in the stations and they're eating their Jimmy John's or Terrible. something like that. And not it's just luxury. like, that's not, that's luxury. not, that's not luxury. That's not even just, that's not, I don't even, that's, it shouldn't even be legal to eat, eat in that area. But either way, I've seen right. it. I've seen it all at, depending yeah. on what and kind of salon. And it looks terrible now that you know, too. You're now more, I know. You're more in tune than maybe some other people are. But uh, now that you know, you can't unsee that stuff. Right. You know, and I've always known. I've always hated that. I wouldn't want that for me. I don't want to go and eat my sub in the middle of everybody while they're working. And they're like, right. oh, Amy got a break. Oh, she's, oh, she's. She must have no client, you know, like this is how our clients talk about us. Right. And I just don't need them knowing that. Yeah. I want to have a sandwich, but I don't need a big ordeal about it. So if I want to go in the break room and do that, that I should be able to. Right. Well, and it it gives you a chance to get off the floor for a minute too. You know, we all need a break if you're doing back-to-back clients or like you said, double booking that five minutes to even get the smallest bite to eat is, uh, that space. So even beyond just the the food aspect, you know, it's just the space, it's the, the getaway from the chaos Mm -hmm. of the floor, especially if you have a full salon, that's really important. And, and I think that's one thing that people need to think about is again, if you're like us early on, you were just wired to maximize every square foot to how many stylists can we jam in this thing with how many clients can we do? And that is how you scale fast, true in some aspects, but it actually slows you down if you don't take into consideration your employees, your renters, and your client experience, because you can actually then raise the bar on 
on what that experience costs, but also getting the right talent in there. They're going to notice that right away. I mean, loyal talent, maybe they'll stay, you know, if they, if they like the accommodations, they're, they're going to probably stay with you. Absolutely. They're like, I like working here. It is nice. Instead of they get into a situation, they, they overlook some things and then they, they don't have room for their stuff. They're going to be looking for the next place. So, you know, I mean, you, we want good stylists. We want loyal stylists. Because changing stuff out in and out for everybody, that creates more chaos. So, you know, if we can get those things from the beginning, get them set right and do it right, you'll have more success in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Anything else on on the break room? I mean, it's No, it's just a, it's a factor that you have to do from the beginning. That is just really something that's super hard to adjust later. I mean, we, we've had a salon like that, that we purchased and it had a small break room. There's really nowhere to go from there. Right. You can't maximize a small break room right. any more than the size that you have. And the break rooms where you store a lot of stuff too. And we're talking about storage, but now this is storage for the whole salon. Right. This isn't storage for this stylist, this stylist. This is storage for the salon, which if you have a thousand square feet or larger salon, you have all the extra things that you're going to need at your space. So if you're doing a towel service, you got all these towels stacked there. If you're, if you're not doing a towel service, you have a washing machine and dryer that's in the break room. Right. So you have to have a sink in the break room. Just there's, there's all the other things that you have to make sure that it's big enough for. So just accommodate right from the get go so that you're happy and you don't have to scramble and say, where am I going to put this stuff? Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, all right. So looking at, I, I feel like we've maximized the space as far as stations. Yes. We've got good throughput as far as getting clients through, keeping our, our stylist happy with space and a break room. But the big one that also ge- generates revenue is the retail space. Yes. And, you know, we talked about this before. Well, should retail space be like the number two thing that we're thinking about to make sure that these lines that, that need the shelf space or whatever. And I think we've taken a little different approach. Yes. Retail is very important to us. Very you know, important. you, you, people need to sell retail. Yes. Like as a salon owner, as a stylist, you need to sell retail. It's one of the things that has always blown my mind is that yeah. nobody ever sells retail for as many clients as they see, as many loyal clients as they have. They're not walking out every time with a product or something like that, that you just used on their hair. Right. This is a whole other conversation. But the fact yes. of the matter is, Retail space. Make sure you have room for it. Make sure you have room for it. One hundred percent. You you want to make sure you have enough space. Some of these lines are massive that you're bringing in, mm-hmm. um, and they might have a minimum that has to be on the shelf too. And we're talking again. We're talking luxury salons. So a lot of those luxury product lines, you have a buy-in, and these product lines are huge, right? So um, make sure you have you can accommodate it, and it shouldn't be jammed behind people where they can't see it. No, it should be staring them in the face. Mm -hmm. They have to see what you, what you retail from the beginning, because that's what they ask questions on. This is what spawns the questions. And a lot of times then you don't even need to sell to them. They will ask questions and, and you can just, um, it just makes your job so much easier. I, I think, especially if you're a stylist that's like, I don't like selling. Well, it's not selling for one, but if it, if they're staring at it, they're going to ask questions like, what's that red bottle? What's that? You know, and then you can pull it off and you can bring it right to them. And all you're doing is telling them the benefits of what it does. Right. It sells itself. Yeah. I, so I think that's a big thing with retail is just, they want to know, they want to learn. You're helping them consult on the products that you just used totally. on them. That's important. But like you said, beyond just the whole retail sales or retail success right, conversation, right. it's got to be visible. And, be. and I've seen it 
again in other salons where it's it's you know sort of knickknacked everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and and they just they don't have the focus. And and I think we want to sell retail. We we want that to be a, a big right. part of our business. Um, but that is that's sort of where it falls. Is we we feel like we can usually make space or come up with a good concept for how to maximize the retail space. But it is easier, I think, to work in retail work after you have some of the other major square footage things figured out. Yep. You can usually work a really nice design into the rest of that. And, and that that's why we have that prioritized down there. Because once you have committed to not having the break room space, you're done. Once you've committed yeah. to only having two shampoo bowls for 12 chairs, yeah. you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe you squeeze another one in. But, but more money. And, and if you right. want to do it right from the beginning and not have to pay later and then also, you, then you have to close down or you have to do something else. Um, it's just, it's more expense. So we're trying to maximize all that at the beginning. And okay. Right. Yep. That, that is very important. And, and again, that's why retail space fits into where it does. Well, awesome. I think, again, this is how we look at maximizing the retail space. I think that if you focus on these six areas and you really think through it, this all gets back into the salon strategy, but especially I'd say our last couple of build outs, we've really done it right. And looking at how many, yes. how many of each of these things having the right amount that just, it's created great upside for us created in, you know, in less than a few months, a full salon of stylists, a yes. full salon of clients and loyal clients, incredible retail sales, all these things I think will help make people successful, even if they started from, from zero. I, I really yeah. do think that's the design. And it grows really fast. You know, once you have these things in place from the beginning, it, it snowballs Yeah, in a good way. So stylists hear about you, then more stylists want to come and they're like, well, so-and-so, she left there or she's going, not, she's going to the new salon or whatever it is. And then the clients start coming because they hear about it too. You know, you just keep getting the referrals and and it makes it so much easier to build your business in a fast way, in a good direction too. So Definitely. you want to set yourself up for success and don't have the challenges that we might have had in some of our early salons. Like this is why we're doing this so that it just can take off. Right. Absolutely. Well, great. Um, <laughs> Work-life balance. <laughs> that's right. Excellent. Well, Again, uh, if you like what we have to say, certainly check out. We'll have some links in the show notes for some of the different sites that we, we like to go to, some of the different considerations we've had. Certainly check us out online. Check us out on our socials. The Entrepreneur. we've got it going on every week. Again, I, I think I can't wait for the next conversation, and everybody have a great week. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye.